intimacy with Jesus. So if that's not what you're looking for, <laughs> stay. <laughs> the Lord had you in the right spot. Um, now the one on medical and ministry in the workplace downstairs for the room in there. Feel free to get it. We'll actually get a little of the overflow from in there. So when we hear that, that'll be good. Um, my name is John Prickett. Let's see. I am the associate pastor at the River. It's in Baltham. And uh, spent six years of my life up on the North Shore at the Harbor. So love, uh, love community of faith and just this greater movement of churches. So uh, let's pray. That is by far the most important thing that we will do in this breakout. Ah. Jesus, you are so good. You're the kindest, most loving, humblest man who ever walked the earth. You have so much understanding. You understand our lives perfectly. You love us so much. And you are eager to speak to us. So would you clear out, right now, just clear out any paths or any ways that are hindering us from hearing from you. We pray for clear paths as we spend some time looking at your word and focusing on you. Uh, And then as we listen uh, to your voice a little bit later in the session. Uh, we're asking that you would speak your words of love and kindness over us. So, we love you, and we ask this in your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. I was really excited when I found this at the store the other day. In Deuteronomy 8.3, it says that man does not live by bread alone but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Um, Literally, it's all that comes out of the mouth of God. So, this isn't actually just how we live. What would happen if you never ate any food? You die. Exactly, you die. If If the words of God If the communication of God wasn't being spoken over your life, if God wasn't actually speaking words to your life, you would die. Apart from the words of God, the word of God coming into, being spoken over our lives, we actually would die. Uh, In Genesis 1, all of creation was spoken into existence from his word. Uh, John 1 says that in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. This is the, the essence of who God is, is to be communicating. It's communication. It's making something clear about who He is. And so, the interesting thing is, I, I've thought over the years, actually, let, let me jump to a different thing here. So, so we've got a radio, and uh, let's see if this works. Hello, radio wave action going here. Huh? Hold on, I think we ought to crank it. 
had this queued up well a second ago. Let's see. Oh, I need some sun over there. Okay, wait. Okay. So. <laughs> there we go. Let's go. Okay. So what what's happening here? We'll end the distraction. Um, so there's actually radio waves. I don't know a ton about this, but going all around us right now. Can't see them, but they are coming around us. They are, and the key to this radio is it doesn't actually create that thing that you just heard. You get the antenna up, you have some power, you have these different things, and you can access what's already actually happening. You can access these radio waves that are happening. And so I actually used to hear people talk about hearing God like a radio and like tapping into radio waves. And I used to think to myself, okay, I get the analogy, I think I agree, but that feels so impersonal to me. Like... As if God's just talking and like every, he's just talking and then maybe if I'm lucky, I kind of tap into that. It just seems really impersonal. But then I realized that this whole idea of us not living by bread alone, but by all that comes out of the mouth of God, wasn't just we live by what we hear, but it's that actually the essence of our lives, us being sustained as people, not just in our spiritual lives, is that there is something of God that is communicating and that is constantly speaking over us. And that it's actually His Word that is keeping your life together. That it's God speaking over your life. Whether you hear it or not, that's, a that's what we're going to be talking about, is how do you actually hear it. But when you look through Scripture, God is always speaking. He's always trying to communicate. It's actually not just the words that you hear God speak that sustain your life. It's all that comes out of his mouth that sustains your life and guides your life and directs your life. Psalm 139, 17 and 18, it says, How precious to me are your thoughts, O God. How vast is the sum of them. If I would count them, they are more than the sand. I awake and I am still with you. So God's thoughts towards the psalmist, towards us, they're vast. There are so, God's thoughts are incredible. There are so many thoughts towards each person in this room. And the goal of what we're trying to do here is to figure out not just how does God keep his thoughts there and, and then he speaks love, affirmation, kindness, affection, purpose, destiny, calling over our lives, but we miss it because we don't hear it. Because uh, we, we don't actually, we're not actually able to hear it. He's speaking it, but the question is, are we listening and are we able to kind of get that sense of get things worked out and get the radio figured out and kind of access those radio waves of what he is speaking over our lives. Uh, there's a place where we can step into and it feels like static. And so there's kind of a first we might not be listening 
And then there's a place of, well, okay, I'm, I want to listen and I want to hear those words. But it might, you might say, I've tried that and it just seems like I get static. I just get static and it's frustrating and I tried and I felt like I failed. So I actually don't want to listen anymore, John. I got all these reasons why I don't even want to try and hear from God because of this fear or this failure or this disappointment. Um, things like that. So this, this is what we're going to talk about today. We're going to go through some biblical foundation for God wanting to communicate and to every one of you, and that every person in this room can hear uh, God's voice. That every one of you here can hear God. And it's actually my experience, both in my own life and with many others, is that oftentimes it's a lot easier than we think. That we've overcomplicated it a bit. I'm not saying that it isn't difficult at times. We don't walk through seasons where it's challenging. We definitely go through those. But with some uh, a biblical foundation and then some really helpful practicals and then a little bit of faith to step out and start practicing, uh, my experience uh, is that any person who has been hungry and has desired to, to hear those thoughts of how precious are your thoughts to me, oh God. I want to know them. I want to know those thoughts, God. That with those three things... Uh, just about everyone I've walked with has learned to grow in hearing God's voice. Now, here's the thing. The end goal isn't just to hear his voice, though. The end goal is intimacy with Jesus. That's really the goal. So I know I just said there was a goal a second ago. That's like in route to the ultimate goal. Because you can actually hear someone's voice um, but it can be in the wrong type of relationship, and it's not actually beneficial. You know, and there's also, the fact is, there's lots of other radio waves, and uh, what we really want is it's about intimacy. And when you look through Scripture, uh, that is actually what Jesus is all about. There's a lot of people who hear God, even in Scripture, but it never goes to the place of friendship, of deep intimacy. Uh, one of my favorite authors uh, just describes intimacy as into me you see. So you're in a relationship of any kind, and if you actually want intimacy in that relationship, there has to be an opening up of, okay, I'm going to let you see into me, and then you're going to let me see into you. This aspect of intimacy. And God's actually wanting the same thing with each one of us. He's wanting us to crack open our lives and let him in. He knows what's going on in there, but there's something about the depth of relationship when we walk with him and we open up. But then, the thing is, we get to know him and we get to be let in there. Uh, I don't have all the different verses printed out here, so I'm going to jump around. But I just want you to listen to this. This is what Jesus said to some people he walked with. For many years and did a lot of ministry with. No longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing. Okay, so you can, a servant and a master, there's some communication there. You can hear, uh, but it's a master servant relationship. But I have called you friends. For all that I have heard from my father, I have made known to you. 
Isn't that interesting? That the distinction that Jesus makes there about friends and friendship is that you know into their lives. That you there's a knowing of the other person. And so, scripturally, and we're going to, just in a second, we're going to walk through that. We're going to start with that biblical foundation. But God is desiring for you to know what's going on in his heart. He actually wants to, to give his heart to you. He wants you to know the thoughts that he has for you. How precious are those thoughts? Um, he, wants, he wants to let you into those. And so, I, I just think it's, if we don't have the biblical foundation there, it's interesting. We can get a little funky at times of some of the things we believe. Um, this is not to come across as insulting or anything, but like, no, I can actually believe, but when I say it out loud, it sounds kind of crazy. Like if I were to say, God doesn't like speaking to me. I don't know about you, but when I say that out loud, it sounds pretty stupid. And like, God hates to communicate to me. I'm his child. I'm his son. And he purchased my life. And he wants nothing to do with it. Like, that's just crazy. But practically, the way we live is that we can so easily live that way. And it's really easy in this area of hearing from the Lord and then stepping into deep intimacy um, for us to live by lies, even if we're not totally realizing it. So that's we're going to start first with uh, the biblical foundation and uh, God's heart to be in deep relationship with us and to walk in intimacy. So when you wake up in the morning and you're practicing, you're starting at 30, if you checked off, the next 30 days, I want to have a devotional life. I want to spend time with Jesus. Uh, This, I'll just let you know, everything that I'm sharing with you, for me, is the foundation of my everyday walk with Jesus. Uh, Just desiring to know Him. It's really, even when Jesus called the disciples... He was just calling a bunch of people, and it says, I think it's in Mark, it says, He called them that they would be with Him. So the main thing about the disciples was Jesus was just saying, I want to get some people to be with me, that they would be with me. And that was it. So every morning, when I'm waking up and trying to get to know Jesus and spend time with Him, even though I can't necessarily see Him with my actual physical eyes, I'm I'm trying to get to know Him. I'm trying to spend time in relationship. And so whether it's reading the Bible, whether it's interceding for other people, whether it's crying my eyes out, journaling about like the pain that's going on in my life, whatever it is, I'm trying to apply these things into that. So I'm not just doing it by myself, but I'm running out by myself. Jesus is there, but I'm not even aware he's there. Instead, I'm wanting to be aware of the fact that he's always with me. He's speaking to me, and he has some thoughts that he wants into the whole process. If I'm crying my eyes out in my journal, certain seasons of life, I just, you'll never see me without a journal. And uh, some pages are just crinkly, you know, from tears, and, and that's good. And, the, and it's just powerful when you're doing that, and then it shifts, and you start hearing the Father speak. And he loves it that you open uh, your life. And then he, he speaks in, and he wants to speak in, and, and he wants to let you in to his life and all the life that he has. So, um, so let's jump in. Um, Genesis 1, I, I don't want to assume that everyone here um, 
kind of knows different parts of the Bible, and you may know none. So, but I'm not going to be able to totally unpack all of the verses and sections that I'm going to look at here. Um, that would just take way too long. But write it down, please, and then go back and look at it on your own and dig into some of this stuff. And then the best thing would be take what I'm saying and you start processing it with the Lord. And you start bringing him into this process of what does it look like for all of us to grow um, in intimacy. So in Genesis 1, um, oh, so, and I'll just give you the arc of kind of where we're going here. From Genesis to Revelation, the entire Bible, uh, it's essentially the main message is that God desires to be in close, deep relationship with his creation, with each person. And, that, and that's what he's longing for. So in Genesis, you have Adam, Eve, he's created, and, and he walks in close intimacy with them. And they uh, disobey God, they walk in rebellion, you know, that story. Um, one thing I want to point out, though, is that um, I know we're not there, but anyway, if you want to turn there, it is Genesis 1, but I'm not going to look at all the different um, passages. Does anyone know the first thing that God does with Adam and Eve after they disobey and kind of eat the fruit? What's that? He, he looks for them. So that's... What's that? He, he looks for them, and then he asks, where are you? He initiates conversation with them. So they've just chosen to turn their back away from God, and the very first thing that God does is initiate in conversation. He asks a question. Obviously, he knows the answer to the question, but he's so desiring um, intimacy, and he's desiring relationship. And you actually start walking through um, Cain and Abel, uh, on and on, Noah, Abraham. You, you start going through Genesis, and person after person, it's just a story of people having an encounter with God, and having these experiences with God, one after another after another. And even in the places of, the, of sin and rebellion from God, God is still actually engaging with humanity. He's engaging with people. He's speaking. He's calling out. And so you go through. Um, he's, he's initiating dialogue. He's communicating. Abraham, then you've got Moses and all that happens there. Think about Samuel. And Samuel being on his bed or at night. Might not have been on his bed, but that whole scene. And, and God calling and him not recognizing at first that God was speaking to him. And um, you kind of move throughout. David, all these people are referred, you know, these ones specifically, Moses, Samuel, David, referred to, and Abraham, friends of God. So even in the Old Testament, you have people who are sticking out as friends of God, and that God would communicate with them. And that was under a different covenant, a different way of relating to God. Uh, sin wasn't dealt with in the way that it is now. Uh, access directly to God is uh, so much greater even now, but even in the Old Testament. And I just wanted to mention, even the prophets, you can read some stuff in the prophets and it can come across as pretty harsh and difficult. And there's definitely some of that in there. 
uh, for sure. Um, but the, the undergirding heart of God in that is you can kind of hear it. Uh, even as you read the most challenging things in Isaiah and Jeremiah is come back to me. Please, would you just walk with me? Would you know me? Get away from idols. Turn away from idols. Come and be, walk with me, Israel. You know, in uh, Hosea, like I raised you as a child. And then once you could walk on your own, you turned for me and you left. But oh, my heart is stirred because I don't even, it's hard for me to even think about disciplining you in this way or this judgment because I so long for you. I so desire. It's with those cords of loving kindness that I'm trying to pull you back. It's just the heart of God to be in closeness of relationship with us. So let's move on to the new covenant. Um, we're just going to, I'm going to read a couple verses from John here. Uh, John eight forty seven. Again, if you came here to this session and we're just craving the practicals and we're going to get there. Um, but it, again, this is really important that going in, uh, you are at least getting closer to being settled on scripture teaches that I can hear my Papa's voice. It's, a, it's an important thing that each one of you in this room starts to believe that the Father in Heaven has singled you out and wants to communicate to you. That it's not, oh, that person does, God doesn't communicate to me. But that each one of us, He is dying to share His thoughts with you. He wants you to know His heart. And so one of the ways we can really combat those lies that would come in and those fears is to remain, okay, going back. Wow, everyone hears from God in this book. Awesome. I'm going to, I want to hear from God. And, uh, and then there's just some really good stuff here um, in the New Testament. And this is just scratching the surface. So, so much more um, that can be unpacked. So keep unpacking it over the course of your life. Um, John eight forty seven. John eight forty seven says this, whoever is of God hears the words of God. The reason why you do not hear them is that you are not of God. Another translation says those who, um, those who belong to God uh, hear from God, or those who know God hear from God. Uh, meaning, whoever's of God he hears from him. Here's the words of God. Um, now, you might read that and be like, oh, John, that's why I'm in this breakout. Because I don't feel like I can hear God. This is annoying because then it says the reason why you do not hear him is you don't belong to God. Are you saying I don't belong to God? Uh, no, not necessarily. If you don't know Jesus and have never heard that story of the gospel, um, there is a chance that you don't belong to God yet. But he totally wants you to belong to him. But if you put your trust and hope in Jesus and what he has done, you do belong to God. So the thing is, you are hearing from God. You just don't realize it yet. There's just some things that will help you, and we're going to talk about that, um, realize that you actually already are hearing from God. I mean, the fact that you're alive means that he's speaking to you. 
It means that his word, all that's coming out of his mouth, is keeping you alive. Because if not, I mean, you wouldn't be sitting here. Um, Because we don't live just by bread. We live by his word over our lives, in our lives, sustaining our lives. So, whoever's of God, hears from God. Um, That's kind of my paraphrase of what's going on here. That's a good one to just put in the bank, to tell yourself when you're feeling down. I belong to God. I hear God. John 8. Okay, John 10, 3 through 5. And these are good things to like yell at yourself, sing to yourself in the shower. I just it's good to get like a resu- or a repertoire of truths that you can speak over yourself when you feel like, oh, I just can't hear from him. I can't hear from him. So that you can just like just get it. Um, just to like I can hear from God. Yes, I can. Yes, I can. You know, just make up a song and just start singing. It actually can really help a lot of time. Um, and I do actually do that sort of thing. You can ask my wife, Jessie. But um, anyway, I can't believe I didn't mention Jessie when I started. Three months married, still getting used to you know, public speaking. And um, But that's Jessie over there. She hears from God even better than I do. So you want to talk to her. Um, and get her to pray for you at some point during World Mandate. But uh, we've been married three months. It's been awesome. Um, and it's good to speak truth over one another. So, you know, between now and the end of World Mandate, think of five people who you can go up to and tell them, hey, you hear from God really well. You hear from God well. And then you could actually ask it, hey, could you pray for me? And uh, just hear what God's speaking. Um, John 10, 3 through 5. The sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name, and he leads them out. It's awesome when people remember our names and speak it by name. It's amazing to hear God uh, speak our names. When he has brought out all of his own, he goes before them. The sheep follow him, for they know his voice. A stranger they will not follow, but they will flee from him. For they do not know the voice of strangers. So this is big. I'm jumping ahead of myself a tiny bit. But this is important because a lot of the times, then we get thinking, well, I just can't tell the difference between my voice, his voice, Satan's voice, circumstances, whatever my experience is. Um, Well, this seems to indicate that whether or not you feel like that's been your experience, the truth is that you can determine the difference. So maybe you haven't been able to before, and that's how we're going to try and kind of sort through some practicals on how can you determine, okay, what is God speaking? Is God speaking? That sort of thing. But it says, a stranger they will not follow, but they will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. And they recognize, it says they recognize the shepherd's voice. And so that's totally a journey. That's a journey of life. Uh, Sheep are apparently really stupid and dumb. And so there's a place of like, it takes us time uh, to be able to discern and hear the shepherd's voice. And uh, we're not starting out as like the most amazing animal in the animal kingdom here. But it, uh, we can discern, we can recognize uh, the difference. Okay, and then in verse 27, actually 14 to 16, 27, it all just says the same thing. Sheep hear the shepherd's voice. So it's like, 
If you're in the flock and the family of God, it says you hear his voice. Uh, Hebrews 8, 10 to 12. This, this is one of my favorites. They're all my favorites. That's why they're in the talk. But uh, Hebrews, Hebrews 8, 10 to 12. Hebrews 8, 10 to 12. So in the Bible, there are two, uh, what are referred to as covenants. And that's basically how you relate to God. So a covenant is, it's like the, here are the ground rules for relating to God. So a lot of the Bible is the old covenant. So there's, here's how we relate to God. Here's, here's how that works. I'm just putting it in um, kind of everyday terms, but that's, Pretty true. Um, and it's all about relationship. How does this relationship work? So you have a covenant of marriage with vows. This is how the relationship's going to work. New covenant, here's how the relationship works. Okay? So this is one of the main passages in the whole Bible that talk about what the new way of relating to God is like after Jesus' uh, death on the cross. And it is actually uh, it's a prophecy from Jeremiah. In uh, Jeremiah 31, 31 to 34. Okay. For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, declares the Lord. I will put my laws into their minds and write them on their hearts. And I will be their God and they shall be my people. Get this. And they shall not need to, they shall not teach each one his neighbor and each one his brother saying, Know the Lord, for they shall all know me. From the least of them to the greatest. For I will be merciful toward their iniquities, and I will remember their sins no more. For they shall all know me. From the least of them to the greatest. For I will be merciful toward their iniquities, and I will remember their sins no more. So part and parcel to the new covenant is that every person gets to know God. That everyone. It's not just for the greatest. It's not just for the most anointed. It's just not for the most gifted. But every person actually gets to know God. I'm not making this up. This is... What they're talking about in Hebrews is what is it like to live after Jesus and be one part of Jesus' family? Is that we get to have relationship with him. And it's not just knowledge about him. There are a couple different words, some that can mean more of that, some other ones. But what this is talking about is that we have a knowledge, an experiential knowledge, a relationship with God. We can know him. And you don't actually, you don't just need someone else to be telling you all the time. This is who God is. This is what God's like. Can you imagine a whole, um, you know, room of people that big, not just kind of making stuff up like, oh yeah, I think God's this, God, but actually hearing the words of God and being led, uh, led forward in their lives. It's amazing. It'd be amazing. Okay, last one. Revelation 3, 20, 22. Okay, and then we're going to jump to some practicals. Revelation 3, 20 and 22. 
And this is a passage of scripture that's written to a bunch of uh, a bunch of Christians. This is written to a lot of believers. Um, so I want to read this. 20 and 22. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and eat with him and he with me. And then 22. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. But 20 really is a key one there. This is one of those... Uh, verses I go back to over and over when I'm just feeling like, I don't think God wants to connect with me today. I don't think I have the ability to connect with him today. Blah, blah, blah. <clears throat> Any number of different lies that kind of creep in. and um, You know, even like, say, most of this talk is about how do we uh, cultivate intimacy with God, your own relationship with him. But the principles are pretty much the same if you're praying for someone who's sitting next to you in this room or in another room. The principles are pretty much the same. God uh, wants you to know what's going on, and it's basically just now you're trying to tap into how precious to me are your thoughts, oh God, for my brother or sister, for the waitress or server that I've never met before. How precious are your thoughts for that person? I actually want to help that person get your thoughts. So, Lord, what are you saying for them? So these things, it's, it's not all that... All that different. Um, But I find if I'm in my room, I have a set of fears and things that keep me back from really hearing from the Lord. And so I have to have my own little um, armory, if you will, of combating those lies with truth. Um, But then I have some other ones that if I'm in a setting of stepping out into sharing something with another person, I have to be aware of what some of those kind of lies or fears are. And then uh, develop my, again, my kind of armory of truth that... Is, is based in scripture. So this is a big one for me, uh, especially in that just trying to get to know Jesus and walk with him. I stand at the door and knock. So this is, he stands at the door of your life. A lot of times this verse gets quoted as like your heart, but it's actually, he's just standing at the door of your life. Just kind of picture this, your life, and the, you know, it's someone's knocking saying, will you let me into your life? Will you let me in? And this is written to Christians. And so Jesus is like all the time just standing there saying, I am willing. I am waiting. I am here. I want you. I want to be in your life. And if you'll just open the door, if you'll just a simple come on in invitation. You heard last night they did something and they said, um, even though God's here, we just want to invite him. We just want to invite God, invite the Holy Spirit. This is what. They're talking about it's we're going to open the door to our service, to our ministry time so that you will come and be here and be with us. If anyone hears my voice, so we hear his voice and then open the door. I will come in to him and, or her and eat with them and they with me. So it's this idea of deep intimacy, of sitting around a meal, chatting about life, of being able to converse with one another. And so you've got Genesis, it begins with God creating people and wanting to be in deep relationship. You have, and, and the enemy wanting to take that and rob that. So I just want you to know, all, all the, uh, the enemy is trying to get you to live in that static. He doesn't want you hearing the Father's voice, but his voice is so much stronger, um, so much clearer. It's awesome. And so if we hear it, we open up. I will come in and eat with them. 
and then with me. Uh, the, the hope is that over the course of our lives, we all grow, and that this verse becomes more reality and less of just taking it by faith. But at first, if you don't feel like this is an area where you have a high degree of success in or feel like I do walk with Jesus closely and hear his voice, um, you want to hold on to this one. And because this says, I will come and eat with them and commune with them and be with them. And so hold on to it and say, this is what's true. So I'm going to lock myself. I, this is how I began trying to get to know Jesus. I don't know. No one ever like told me to do this, I don't think. But I basically was so hungry to know God when I was about 14. I just got a book. Sorry if you can't see me. I'm laying on the ground. And I just said, I don't know how this works, but uh, I'm just going to try and get to know you. Like, I'm just going to clear my mind and uh, try and get to know you, Jesus. And it's around 17 years later now, and uh, I've been getting to know him. And that was really, at that point for me, it was kind of a make or break. Either you're real and I can know you personally, or I don't want anything to do with this deal. I'm going to kind of go and do my own thing. Um, So, God's desiring this. Um, You don't have to believe it emotionally at the moment. uh, But what I would like you to kind of learn from this and then dig in if you're not there is that the Bible is actually teaching that God is wanting intimate relationship with each one of you where you see into his heart and not just always have someone else tell you about his heart, but you actually get to hear his heart for you, for others, how he wants to use you, how he wants to direct your life. Um, And he wants you to be accessing more of those words that are coming into your life, that are sustaining them, guiding them. bringing them into your life. And it has its, its least to the greatest. It's not a the person on the stage. The actually, sometimes it's like when you start getting closer to the stage or like being in ministry, it actually starts to get harder to hear from the Lord sometimes because you can so easily fall into that Martha thing where you're busy doing, doing, doing rather than just marry and uh, being at Jesus' feet and not being distracted by so many things. So, It's important to break off the comparison thing and just start saying, Jesus, I want to know you. I want to hear from you. I believe that you want to communicate back. Okay, we're going to jump into some practicals. There's so much more that we could look at in here. This is some of what was has been really significant in my life to getting over the the hurdle of just, oh, but it's static or, oh, is this really God? Is this not God? I'm not saying I don't still have those questions at times. But um, this has been really helpful, and it's been especially helpful in helping lead other people. So um, it would be great if every one of you in this room, as you started to get to know Jesus and hear his voice even more clearly, if you then uh, pass on what you're learning and what's helpful to you so that you can then help other people learn how to hear God's voice, learn how to um, hear from Jesus and get to know him. Okay, so the neat thing about that Adam and Eve story, as we started with, is uh, who, who was hiding? Adam and Eve. God wasn't hiding. God was still where he was. God was still speaking. Uh, it's actually us that hide, and that we're the ones that want to. So there's a first step of just 
you know, turning to Jesus and coming to Jesus. It's that open, open the door. Um, Jesus said, this is a phrase that he said a lot. He said, um, eyes to see and ears to hear. He said, oh, that you would have eyes to see and ears to hear. Now, the people that he's talking to are seeing him and hearing him. So Jesus clearly wasn't, he was talking about something different. He was talking about a a spiritual discernment, a discernment that could hear on a different level and that you could see on a different level. Now, the question is, um, how do we do, like, where is this? Like, what, if we're supposed to be able to hear and see, uh, how is God speaking? How, How are we to hear and see? That just seems so... Um, unclear to me. So, I'll I'll say this twice. But basically, God has given each one of us a mind for thoughts and an imagination to see things. If I say, um, I don't know, if I say snowstorm and you all thoughts pop in your mind, you actually see things in your mind. You see the street that you were <laughs> that you just spent eight hours, you know, <laughs> shoveling out of the driveway. You um, you actually saw something, and you also had some thoughts that were going through your mind. So God actually created you with a mind for thoughts and an imagination to see things, and it's through those uh, human faculties that God, in really a primary way wants to speak to you. So it's actually through your thoughts that God wants to be able to communicate to you. It's through your imagination to be able to, to see. I, I the, the thoughts part came easier to me when I was growing in hearing from the Lord. Um, the I used to then just say, oh, but I'm just not a visual person. I don't really do that see thing. Um, I'm just more like conversational, I talk, and so I just hear God in like words and stuff. And uh, but then someone explained this to me, and, and they were like, you know, think about a blue box. And I was like, oh yeah, I can see a blue box. And then we actually, I was in an exercise, and everyone explained different blue boxes. So like everyone was seeing a blue box, and they looked different. And so even if you are here at World Mandate, and some of the like, what are people talking about? Like, I got this picture, and... You know, well, they're just allowing God to use their imagination. And the New Testament says that we have the mind of Christ. It also, the, the Bible also says that we have the Holy Spirit living, indwelling in us. And so you have God living, having taken up residence inside of you. So to believe that you can't, that God can't speak through your thoughts or your imagination, even though he's actually given you his mind, he's put a new heart in you, and he lives inside of you, I think that's actually pretty, like a crazy thought, that God could be in us, and yet we are so powerful that we can keep God from speaking into our mind and using our imagination. That we're just that much more powerful than God. That we can keep him from ever using our mind 
or our imagination, or speaking something as kind of a sensitivity, uh, something, an impression in our hearts. So a mind for thoughts and an imagination to see things. And so um, the question then becomes, okay, John, well, but still, how do I know if it's just me thinking something or it's God saying something? That's kind of like the, a huge question. Or how do I know it's not me just imagining something? Or, uh, you know, how do I know it could actually be God? There are ways to kind of sense the difference between how we often think, how God will speak, how the enemy sounds. I mean, the enemy is, although he's deceptive, I find that that's usually the easiest to discern the difference of. It's usually cutting, condemning, legalistic, mean, you know, just like you, you, life is sapped from you rather than given to you and you get excited. Um, but I don't want to go through kind of how to talk through all those things because the best thing is you start to just take those steps of faith and practice and kind of put it to practice and then we all start to discern and learn how, how the Lord sounds. It's so much better to just hear him and then know, oh, okay, that's what he hears, that's what he sounds like. And now, now I'm getting it. Um, so the way that I want to explain to you on, I find it like 101, like entry level um, way of discerning kind of the difference and really hearing from the Lord is, uh, it is not the only way. I just want you to know that. This is not the only way that God will speak to you. I actually find that if you just open yourself up for God to speak through a certain kind of avenue or medium, whether it be, you know, during a time of worship or liturgy or whatever, I just find God is so eager to speak that if you just open kind of an avenue, he's going to take it and he's going to start speaking to you. Um, so it's not about this one method, but for a couple reasons that I'll explain, I have found what I'm going to, a spiritual discipline of sorts that I'm going to share with you um, has been immensely, immensely helpful. Um, and it is this, it's to actually write down and journal out with God what you think he is saying, what you think God is speaking. So... Um, there's a couple reasons why I think this is really helpful, but I'll, I'll hold off on the practicals of why I think that's helpful. And first, start by just saying, um, you know, or, or you might be saying, okay, you're telling me to listen to God and hear what God's saying, and by writing it down, well, that feels weird. Where is that in the Bible, or how is that biblical? Um, my response would be, um, think about Psalms. Uh, the book of Psalms is so much of a person. So it, it's actually a great example of someone, or multiple people, but speaking things to God, and then God speaking back. This is really interesting. Some Psalms, you're like, it shifts from being speaking to God, and then all of a sudden, without a cue sometimes, it feels like, whoa, 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 now like God's speaking, and then it's speaking back to God. Um, I would say the Bible itself, is uh, a lot of people who were writing down the things that God was, was saying. And people were hearing from God. So the Bible itself seems to 
say that there's some merit and value in writing things down. Um, then there's this, this verse in Habakkuk, Habakkuk 2.2. It says, write the vision, make it plain on tablets so he may run who reads it. And so basically, if you read that in context, the prophet was complaining to God and not just complaining. He wasn't being like overly whiny necessarily, but there was some of that. But he's really pouring out his heart. Some things that were really weighing on his heart. And the beginning of the response from God to this prophet was, write down what I give you. Write down the vision. So write it down. Make it plain on tablets. When you write things down, you can kind of get plain and say, okay, this is what's actually going on here. So he may run who reads it. And so there's kind of an ability to then walk out in obedience as we receive it. Um, So on a practical level, though, I have found that um, if I'm not writing things down and as I'm trying to hear from God, I will almost immediately start to question it. So Jesus said, if you, want to re- if you want to be in the kingdom, or you want to see the kingdom, uh, you have to receive it like a child. So it's not have childlike faith. That phrase actually isn't in the Bible. But you have to receive the kingdom. So this whole process of hearing from God and discerning his voice and actually listening to him, is it's an act of faith. That you are going to ask for something, and he's going to, resp- he's going to respond. He, you're go- and then you receive it. So I'm not kind of pulling any punches. There's totally a faith step in, I don't see you right now, Jesus, uh, but I'm going to take a step out that all this stuff in Scripture seems to say that you're dying to communicate with me and that you do want to speak to me. So you take that, okay, I'm going to ask, would you, um, would you speak to me? And... Um, and then I find that it's helpful to start writing it down so that you can, that's an act of faith to say, I'm not going to question everything that I get right now, and I'm going to let God use my mind. I'm going to let God speak through my imagination so that I can start to see, is this actually God or is this not God? If you never, if you never get past two words before you're questioning it and doubting it, you're never going to know if you actually can hear from God or not. You're never going to know if it's actually him or not if you just sit there and you know this and because I'm just speaking from personal experience. I will just go through the rounds of "Ah, I don't think that's God. Ah, I don't know. Ah." Let God speak. Get it down. And then you uh, and then you can go back and look it over. And you can say does this line up with scripture? You know, if it's the Lord, it's not going to contradict the Bible. Say, does this line up with what God has communicated in Scripture? Um, You can also then share it with a friend. Hey, does this sound like God to you? Does this sound like the heart of God to you? Um, Because there's real value in that. Uh, This past, recently, my wife and I, we just have some decisions coming up in our lives. And so we sent out an email to about 80 people. And not, not everyone responded, but we just we sent out an email to people who we knew had a history of being able to hear from God. And they heard God's voice, and they, they listened. And so we were just curious. We were like, um, what themes might emerge, or what, you know, what might God be speaking? We just want to hear what's on God's heart. Um, and 
one of the, the first thing that the Lord spoke to me after kind of having done that was, um, John, I don't want you to just sit back and rely on what other people are getting. I want you to seek me as hard, or not hard, but as much as anyone else. And, uh, and so that was just really, there were like three different things, and it was all kind of in that vein of like, hey, you keep pressing into me. The thing I've learned about, so prophecy, basically just getting a hold of those, how precious to me are your thoughts, oh God, what's on your mind, your heart, is basically just being a conduit of God's got these, how do I help get these to someone else? Uh, Kendall mentioned that 1 Corinthians 14.3. In the New Covenant, it's encouragement, strengthening, comfort. Uh, it says that's what the that's what prophetic is under the new covenant, um, and uh, again this is more the intimacy with the Lord. So I won't unpack that kind of from a, a fuller theological uh, undergirding. But under the new covenant, you have been covered, and so God's heart is so for you because of Jesus. Uh, Jesus took the wrath, He took the punishment, He took all that. So his heart is now, he's seeing you as Jesus, and he's calling you back to himself. And so he's there to strengthen you, support you, comfort, bring courage, encourage you, build you up. And so I've often heard people say, if you want to be doing this, if you want to get, if you want to start prophesying over someone, just ask the Lord to speak through you as you encourage them, and it won't be long until you're prophesying. So you just start getting after someone and just start encouraging them. And almost before you know it, you're going to be prophesying into their life. And you're going to be speaking hope and life. And, and as you're doing that, because world mandates a good opportunity in a safe setting with friends, and try doing that, be aware of what pictures might start coming into your mind. Because you may be, God may be communicating all these things to you through pictures in your imagination. And you've always written it off. I was in a faith group. Uh, that I was leading, and I was talking. We were talking about this, and uh, this one girl. This was new to her. She was like, "Oh, John, I just—it's just so hard for me. I can't do that. I can't hear from God. It's like whenever we go to pray, it's like I just see this flurry of images, just like flying through my brain whenever we're praying. And listen, and I'm just like, okay, that's not a bad thing." Like, that's actually awesome. And so basically, we, I just encouraged her. That's actually, the Lord is trying to communicate, and he wants to communicate through your imagination. And so just that understanding shifted everything for her, because then she would just ask. She'd be like, oh, Lord, what do you want me to see about that? What do you want me to know about that? And she actually, it was really cool. Even that night, we were like, okay, just... What are you getting right now? Like, and just I was like, just pray it over me. Ask the Lord for something and just pray it over me. And she had this like spot on picture that like really helps in my life. And and here she thought she actually couldn't hear from God. And in reality, she's like, in one day, she's like seeing way beyond what I could. And uh, so, um, so be aware of it's it's that you have the mind of Christ. He's in you. He wants to speak to you. Uh, again, the journaling is not the end-all, be-all. It's not the only way to hear from the Lord. But it's a key kind of introductory way to start to hear his voice, to start to learn what he sounds like. 
So then you can discern. It's easier to know um, when you're out and about in the world or when you can't kind of sit down and journal something out. You start to learn his voice. What's his character? Um, What does he sound like? I'll tell you, he is way more patient than you probably realize. Uh, He is so compassionate. Look in scripture about the parts that talk about the core essence of who God is. Slow to anger. How many of our gods are really quick to anger? And, like, he's slow. It takes him a long time to get angry. He's patient. He's incredibly, he's really understanding. That's something that amazes me. Uh, I will go and I will be beating myself up or I will just think no one understands and I'll just start communicating or I'll pour something out and then I'll sense a shift happening. I'll just start writing first person what God's speaking to me and oftentimes I just, I'm not actually a huge crier, but when the Lord starts speaking and touching those places, like tears will just come and I'm just like, wow. You understand me really, really well. I didn't know anyone understood me right there. Uh, I didn't know anyone understood me like that. And so, so as I'm going through my life with Jesus, having a journal, having something to write is so helpful uh, because it just helps us not second-guess everything. It, it, we can then bring it to other people. We can share it to, with other people. It's so funny. Some of the guys I walk with in discipleship and have from college over the years, it's like, we'll do this just by faith. We'll just say, okay, you've got these questions. Let's just stop. We're all going to ask the Lord a question and then just write down what you get. Kind of first person from God to you. Write it down. And <laughs> like, I can't tell you how many times people come and Oh, yeah. I didn't get I didn't get much or I'm pretty sure this isn't the Lord. And they'll start reading stuff and I'm like like and it's just amazing. It's just like the heart of God being poured over here. Actually, I've done this training in a couple of different settings and I was doing it down in New Jersey and uh, we just did this we did a time breakout like we're about to do in just a second where we're actually gonna do this and ask God to speak and write down what he's what he's saying to you. Um, and a guy came back and he's like I don't think I'm doing it right. Or I don't know. Um, all I got, I just kept getting like scripture after scripture after script. That's all that was coming into my mind was scripture. It was just like the Bible was just in my mind. And he's like, I, I don't, I don't really buy this. I don't really, I can't really do this. I was like, okay, that's a really good sign. Like, obviously, it. Like, God's going to be speaking. If you're getting a ton of scripture that's popping in your mind, as you're asking God, what do you have for me in this? Or depending on how specific your question is to the Lord, um, that's a really good thing. God's probably going to speak tons of scripture in, um, into what he's going to be kind of sharing with you. Um, I wanted to, one of the key pieces of the puzzle... Uh, just before we dive into it, I want to share a couple stories um, just to kind of show you what it can what it can look like. Uh, there's a guy from Selm State, and that's a school up on the North Shore. And he was not a believer yet, but he was he was kind of he was pretty hungry. He had gone through an intense time of depression, had been suicidal, um, got kind of connected with our college ministry. Um, Someone reached out to him, and we were doing a training uh, on, it was this type of content, but drawn out over a whole weekend. So we really were able to practice it and, and share with one another and kind of grow, and especially some of the, 
prophesying over one another and seeing pictures. And, but, um, so anyway, this guy was not a Christian yet, really hungry though, and wanted to know, like, is God real and this stuff? And so, um, so he said, can we go? The guy who was leading the training said, hey, if he's hungry and he's, you know, wants to be there, definitely, like, have him come. So he came, first night, basic teaching from scripture similar to what I just talked about that God's heart is to know us and to be in relationship um, and that he wants to speak with us so this guy uh, and the question was I'll say the the easiest question that you can ask God probably is God what words of encouragement do you have for me right now God how do you want to encourage me right now uh, just think about the fact just <clears throat> That whole section in 1 Corinthians about the spiritual gifts that God gives to people, the main purpose is edification. Build up the body of Christ. Build up. Strengthen. Support. Establish. You know, just encourage, basically. So if that's the whole purpose, in a nutshell, or the baseline of the Holy Spirit and why He would gift people, don't you think it's on God's heart to encourage us? Isn't he trying pretty hard to encourage us and to not let us sink back in discouragement and disappointment and the things that would keep us from running uh, that race? So, he wants, so, so this guy asked this question. So he's not a Christian yet. He's still kind of trying to decide. Um, and he's trying to figure, figure Christianity out. But again, you got someone who's really struggled with depression and was suicidal. They're hungry. They're like, hey, if I can take... If I can find something that works and is real, I want it. Um, so he asked God the question, um, what words of encouragement do you have for me? And he just does what was asked of him, and he's like, okay, I'm just going to trust the thoughts that come to my mind and write them out. And uh, I actually Facebook messaged him a little bit ago to try and ask him if I could get the journal entry, but I don't think he's checked Facebook much, so I couldn't get it. But um, it basically, the essence of it was... Ryan, I want you to know that, and that's what I always will encourage. I'm going to encourage all of you to just write that out. For me, it would be, John, I want you to know that. You know, let God finish the sentence. Just let him finish it. Just kind of start writing it. Start letting the Lord speak. He said, Ryan, I want you to know that. If you will put your hope and your trust in me, I will never leave you. I'll be with you for the rest of your life. If you walk with me and you come close to me. And it just kind of went on and on about the Lord's desire to be with him if he would just trust him. And if he would just walk with him. And like that's pretty good. You're getting the gospel preached to you from the Holy Spirit, like directly. And uh, so so I don't know how it all worked out theologically. Because like that Sunday he like prayed a sinner's prayer and and receive Jesus like that, and yet he was getting like prophetic words for me. So I'm pretty sure he was saved a little before he said the prayer. Um, you know, I think in that moment he encountered Jesus and he he became a friend of God. And uh, so so God's even want to speak to people who aren't even Christians yet. I mean, isn't that God? He's drawing us. It says we can't even come to him unless he, he draws us and woos us. So he's speaking to us and desiring us to know him. Um, I was working on a sermon one time about Mary and Martha, that story in Luke. Um, 
And I was actually preparing and I asked God, or I was finding myself thinking, but God, aren't they all, aren't people just going to say like, you know, but what if, if everyone's just sitting around like Mary, just listening at the feet of Jesus, like who's going to do stuff? How's stuff going to happen? Like how's it work? Like that's what was going on in my head. And, uh, and I just, because of years of listening to the Lord, I can tell he's trying to get my attention. And so I can just tell now, I couldn't necessarily at first, which is why the journaling was so helpful for me. Um, but now I can just sort of tell, oh, he wants to say something, I should listen. And so it just shifted kind of in my spirit, it shifted and I could tell it went from me asking God these questions, slash complaining, slash wondering, uh, to him wanting to share, like, okay, I've had enough of your perspective of what my people are going to think, and uh, let me share you. So I just wanted to read you, because I saw I have it. And this is what I felt like God uh, said back. Actually, he started with a question. He started by asking a question back. He said, John, do you really think that these things are not so incredibly close to my heart. Meaning, I was kind of complaining about big things like poverty and trafficking. And, uh, like, when are we going to do this? Uh, <clears throat> do you really think these things are not so incredibly close to my heart? Mary was sitting at my feet listening to me. It is crazy to think that if someone is sitting at my feet and being with me and listening to me, that their hearts won't be stirred by the very things that stir my heart. If people first sit at my feet and listen to me and spend time with me, do you really think that I won't be talking to them about how to enjoy their work days, about how they can better serve the needy, and how they can get things done with more peace and more joy, and how they can reach those who don't know Jesus more effectively, and how they can be involved in the process of getting those who are being trafficked set free? And uh, from there, I actually felt God spoke some prophetic promises over the harbor. And just in that sermon, we started to speak. I was speaking out some of those of what God was wanting to do through that people. Um, I thought that was interesting. All these things that I had brought, God kind of flipped the table and was like, if people are sitting and listening to me, don't you think I'm going to help them know? I'm going to be speaking to them about how to get more joy and peace, how to reach their friends, how to... You know, these things. So, um, so that's, that's the encouragement. We are going to, I covered up my watch here. Um, we're going to practice. Uh, God is more, uh, let me see, let me remember how I phrased this. And um, God's bigger than your inability to hear from him. Okay, come on, that's a, I like that amen. God is bigger than your inability to hear from Him. So especially in a conference setting like this, where there are people praying nonstop, the presence of the Lord is here in this building, um, there's, just, there's an access to God that actually we walk with all the days of our lives. Uh, but that place of really stepping into it, as we talked about earlier, the lies and different things can be more difficult. Um, so I want to encourage you, no matter the fear, the apprehension, if you even just thought immediately you just went, oh, I'm going to write something down and a rejection, I'm not going to hear anything. Um, I just want you to get that off you 
It is, it is okay if this is a, you know, if this doesn't go great for you. That's just totally fine. The Lord is okay with that. Um, but take a risk and open the door and see if God doesn't start speaking some things to you. Uh, I would, again, kind of baseline, introductory 101. God, actually, a great thing to do is um, you can even ask the Lord, what uh, how do you want me to refer to you? That sort of thing. I've gone through different seasons where God has asked me to refer to him as dad, papa, father, lord, kind of different things. And he takes me on a journey. Jesus, like, you could even ask him, how do you want me to refer to you? Um, and see what comes to your mind. Um, it's this whole activity of we, we, in the kingdom, we receive. And so we ask. He's a good father. He knows how to give really good gifts. To his children. Um, so I'm going to put on a little music in the background just to help alleviate some of the distraction of like, it's really silent and there's creaking and all this stuff. Um, uh, but does, every, can, does everyone have something they can write with and a piece of paper? Um, if not, it's okay. I don't actually have tons of pens, although I did see a bunch around. I do have this. So you can... In a moment, not quite yet, uh, I'm going to have, you can spread out around the room, you can find a table, if you want to go there, you can, you know, write on a chair, so maybe just, uh, actually just come up and, if you need it, right when, once I kind of cut you guys loose, uh, just come up and grab a piece of paper, and awesome, we got some pens over here, <laughs> there are some pens over there, at the India table. Um, now, I just want to say, before, before you jump into this, um, it's not just like, this isn't just a formula. It's not just like, oh, okay, cool. I haphazardly just blah, blah, blah. Oh, I wonder what it's doing. Um, I know nothing I just said made sense. But, um, <laughs> it, I think you get what I'm saying. Um, but it's also... I have found it's not nearly as hard as we make it out to be for God to want to speak words of encouragement over our lives. And so uh, just as you uh, do this, I just want you to ask the Lord in your own way, in your, own, in your heart. Just, God, would you speak something to me? God, what? It's not just writing down, oh, what words of encouragement? But actually, like, do you want to be encouraged by God today, like would you be? Would you like to be encouraged by how precious to me are your thoughts, oh God? Like I want one of them. I want some. I need to be encouraged. Um, if that's the case, then ask Him, God, what words of encouragement do you have for me today? And let, and then write. Here's the thing. Okay, good. So um, pick on someone who's not even a good friend of mine yet, but Bedward. You know, it's <laughs> like. Um, Bedward, I want you to know that. <coughs> Write that down. Just it's uh, it just helps not psych ourselves out and kind of just with our unbelief, kind of get in the way of God being able to speak. So, Bedward, I want you to know that. Just let the pen, let God speak through through your pen, through your writing. Um, we're not <coughs> writing scripture or anything here. 
Um, Bible's closed. Nothing that we receive is going to be on par with Scripture or anything like that. Uh, But at the same time, what Scripture points to is that we all get to be a part of knowing our Father. It's, it's the gospel. It's what we always say. It's not about religion. It's about relationship. Well, this is actually like relationship. Let's actually have relationship if that's what we say the gospel is all about and, uh, and walk with him and, and listen. And, and he really does want to speak. This will be easier for some, harder for others, often sometimes more of the analytical thinker types. It can be a little a little harder, but my, but not necessarily. So don't write yourself out. Uh, my experience has been that everyone, as they are hungry and they create a space, it's that open the door of Revelation three twenty. They create a space. They open the door. That God just is so eager to quote my friend Jeremy Puzz with a huge beard who created that stage in there. Uh, it's like when you get together and you start applying these practicals. We all realize that God is actually has been chomping at the bit to speak at us, but we just didn't realize it. And that is just sums it up so well that our Father is chomping at the bit to communicate His love, His affirmation, His guidance, His words uh, of approval, all these things. Um, if we just open up and um, let Him. So that's what we're going to do uh, for the next... Um, Probably eight to ten minutes. Uh, we have about fifteen minutes left in this session, so we're going to do that for the next eight to ten, and then we're just going to gather and um, just have a couple final words. So, if you need paper, so is that clear? Let me just say that. Is everyone clear? Um, father, Dad, Papa, what words of encouragement do you have for me? If you want, if you have something else burning on your heart that you want to ask him, and you've got faith for it, then. You can ask a different question. Another great question is, what do you love about me today? That's a good one from the Lord because usually we actually don't, we're not very good at loving ourselves and in reality. Like sometimes we get a big head, but really loving. So it's amazing the stuff that God will say that he loves about us. Well, usually we don't even operate on that level usually and he breaks through and it's like, whoa, you love that about me? Um, okay, so you can be at your seat. You can go to a table, move around. I'm gonna put up some music. Actually, I'll just I'm gonna pray, uh, just a general over all of us that the Lord would speak. But then in your own heart, because this is what you are gonna be walking out in for the rest of your life, trying to hear your Father's voice. Jesus, you're so wanting to speak to us. You called us. You call us by name. And you love us. And we thank you that um, when we ask you for something that's good, when we ask you for bread, you don't chuck a rock in our face. When we ask you for a fish, you don't throw a snake around our neck. When we ask you the words of life that we can't even live without to speak, you're going to speak. So build our faith. Even just if, if we have none, give us a mustard seed. And we could just step in and hear what you're speaking to us. So, Lord, we love you so much. And uh, we ask this in just the awesome name of Jesus. Amen. Awesome. All right. Well, go and ask. I just have speakers back here.
Um, spread out. Don't get distracted in the moving around if you need to move. Uh, we don't have tons of time left in the session, so ask the Lord and, and uh, write down what you get. wait too long to like psych yourself out just ask and receive he's gonna speak
like you come to the end of a thought and it just kind of stops, uh, ask him another question. Ask him something about what he was sharing with you, uh, kind of up to that point. have to force it. There's a sense of ease and flow that comes uh, when God starts to, when the Holy Spirit's speaking. wrap up kind of where you're at. A mentor of mine and hearing from the Lord would always say, um, God has a pause button. <laughs> he understands uh, and he will gladly pick back up right where right where he left off at another point. So just wrap up in about 15 seconds or 30 seconds. 
finish the thoughts of what he's saying. Thank you, Jesus, that you speak to us and that you meet us. Thank you, Lord. Uh, the best way to receive uh, what God's doing is just to thank him for it, just to be grateful and just let him thankful. Um, did anyone, uh, does anyone have anything that they, that they felt like, wow, that was powerful, God was definitely speaking to me? Actually, just as any head nods, anyone kind of have a sense of, wow, God, awesome. Um, anyone want to share one? Anyway, we guys have a couple final minutes. Anyone just kind of as a bold step of, wow, this was, especially if you were like, wow, I was surprised. I didn't expect that. Bedward! Hello, my name is Bedward. And uh, I think it was a fascinating, uh, I guess, uh, example of how to hear God's voice speaking to you. And my question, Just read it exactly. Though. Yes. No, I think don't paraphrase. Oh, well. My question was, God, what is your purpose for me? Mm-hmm. And to better, I want you to know that I want you to live at the edge of the gospel, at the center of the message. And while you're in it, to never stop seeking me. So that you may never lose the never-ending love that I have poured into your heart. If you follow me, then it shall all go well with you, no matter what your fears, obstacles, or uncertainties are. With this, I end my session. Amen. Does that sound like the Lord to you guys? Was that encouraging to you? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Good. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah. Great. Anyone else? Any? Okay. Awesome. Jesus okay. was hanging over here, apparently. <laughs> no, he was all over. He was everywhere. <laughs> I'm Crystal, and uh, I'm a new Christian, so cool. very encouraged by what you guys
That sound like the Lord? Were you encouraged? Awesome. That's so cool. Um, as, as we wrap up here, um, read what you got to someone kind of before the, before the day's over, maybe even in this section in between the next. You don't have to. That can just be your little deal with Jesus. But it's, it's, uh, it's good to bring people into that journey and process. And even if you're questioning, how oh, is this really God or not? I did what you said, John. I just wrote whatever I got, but I'm not so sure that I'm uh, definite there. Just, you can share it with someone. And um, one question that people sometimes will say is, um, well, it sounds kind of like me sometimes if I'm writing it. Um, uh, My encouragement would be um, don't overanalyze that too much. Uh, one, it's because it's coming through your thoughts and your mind. And God wants you to understand what he's saying. So just as Joe Ewan is speaking prophetic words to us in a Scottish accent, it's coming through who he is. The same way God's speaking to you through who you are. Um, even the Bible, we're trying to, God's trying to communicate through it in ways that we can understand. So translation, you know, those sorts of things. Um, and as I said, you can do this. For other people as well. It's a great way to practice and say, Lord, what words of encouragement do you have for this person? What words of encouragement? And get a sense for what you're getting and give it. Um, well, so, encourage someone and uh, let's keep growing, growing together and share what you got with some people. And uh, thanks for being here. Uh, the next up here is going to be Colby Lehman, which is Spirit-Empowered Evangelism. Uh, now I would say you're not going to want to miss it, but you don't want to miss any of them. But, uh, and then Bill Frege with Missions, kind of emphasis. If you just want to follow, continue on, if you're in a zone and you're like, I hit pause and I need more, uh, go in the boiler room and you can do, you can journal to your heart's content and... Uh, Hear, hear more from the Lord.